0: Hi, Warren Kemp here again. Thanks for joining me for session two of Recruitment Matters Radio, our occasional podcast of all things recruitment with a few songs in between. Recruitment Matters Radio, as always, is sponsored by ebossrecruitment.com, clever cloud-based software for permanent recruiters and headhunters. And this audio, as always, is in an eclectic tangent production. I hope you enjoyed session one And as with all of my audio products, I'm back today in Gig House Studios with Andy Thompson at the mixing desk. It's cutting edge, and he can do much, much more than look after me with my CD tracks and musings. Check out his site, or pass his details on if you're in a band, or want to record words or music. If you did listen to the first session, you'll know that each podcast features music from artists and bands in alphabetical order. So kicking us off today is a bit of Biffy, a great example to all of us of adapting to situations and pulling together as a team. This was a band when their drummer had issues with drink, to a man. They also gave it up to support him, and they're all dry to this day. Hats off to you, Captain.
1: What if I was captain, silver children she roared. I'm not the son of God. Somebody help me sing. Can anybody hear me? Liars and lovers combined tonight. We're gonna make a scene. Somebody help me sing.
0: Biffy Clyro, bonkers lyrics, top band. One of the topics that comes up frequently when planning a training course with a client is time management. How to get the most from a day, from a week and a month, and maximising results for your efforts. There's lots of material out there, on books and on the internet, all on that type of subject, so any tips I'll give you will hardly be unique. Yet nonetheless, I hope of some value. I also do a lot of management consultancy, working closely with business owners and their organisation so that we can improve bottom line results. So based on 20 years or so in recruitment, I'm going to share with you in this podcast some ideas and thoughts in and around the subject of time management. And the first one is the age-old to-do list. I'm long since being surprised how few people actually have a to-do list on their desk. A written list of things to action that day, or half day, or even just for the week. Of course, there are online variations on the theme, such as using Microsoft Outlook. However, it's my belief that committing something to paper is an inner commitment to taking action, and that results in more outward actions. How many times have you said to yourself, I better phone John. And then because you never wrote it down, it slips your mind until it's a week later, when you remember you never phoned him at all. Alternatively, although it may be documented on Outlook or something similar, you end up running your desk by relying on that alarm telling you to phone John in 15 minutes. So now instead of preparing for the call, it's all too close, and you end up in some kind of bland opening stab at a conversation. So tip number one, commit things to paper. And if that's a typed Word document, then print it and have it on your desk in clear view. Number two, have a three day rule. What I mean by that is whatever you write down, it has to be completed in just three days. So you write down as an example to call John on day one. If you don't action it, then it goes on for a second day and will probably be reprioritized accordingly. If it's not actioned then, It's on again on day three. But there is no day four. Action it or bin it if you haven't done it by close of play on day three. Because now it was either vital and you simply have to do it, or it wasn't such a big issue after all and you can safely bin it. There's nothing less motivating than to look at an ever-increasing list of tasks highlighting what you haven't done. Let's take a few moments now while you perhaps start to think of your own ideas about to-do lists and let's have a song from a band that I saw for the first time a couple of years ago just before they broke through. Even then it was obvious they had something special about them. Here's Bastille.
2: When all of your flaws And all of my flaws are laid out one by one A wonderful part of the mess that we made We pick ourselves under. uh, All of your flaws and all of my flaws They lie there hand in hand Ones we've inherited, ones that we learned They pass from man to man There's a hole in my soul I can't fill it, I can't To be who we are Without them we'd be doomed There's a hole in my soul That we made. We pick ourselves
0: Catchy song? Good message. Knowing your flaws is a great place to be. Right, back to our to-do list. Third idea for you. Write them the night before. If you've had a great day, it's a fantastic way to finish it off, seeing all the things you've achieved. However, if it's been a poor day for results and actions... It's a depressing way to start a new day having to revisit and write out all the things you didn't achieve yesterday. So instead, write it out, go home and come in ready for action the next morning. Next, tip four. Review that list you wrote the previous night throughout the next day for results and fit in a mixture of small, medium and larger jobs and actions. Because if you're getting bogged down on a big task, then ticking off three quick jobs on your list will psychologically make you feel better and renew your enthusiasm. And do it in a way that works for you. Some people score through a completed item, some tick it off, some people use a highlighter pen or even a number of different ones. So in summary, use a written or printed out list. Write it the night before. Tick off your successes on the way throughout the day and hold yourself to a strict three-day ruling. And one last one for you is to take something off your list the night before as an extra. One extra conversation a day, as an example, may sound a small thing to do, yet there are 240 working days in a year. 240 extra client conversations could mean 60 vacancies, and if in a multi-agency situation, then with a fill rate of say 1 in 5, that's 12 more roles filled in a year. 240 more candidate conversations? Well, that could mean 120 CVs. You do the math. That's a lot of potential jobs being filled. Heck, what if you had one more conversation before lunch and one before you went home? Remember, as I said on podcast one, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Outwork your competition. And so while you contemplate the ideas suggested, then over to some music and a stunning song from Block Party. That song always makes me want to play it again straight away. Dirty, dirty sound. So good. Welcome back. So assuming that a to-do list is now going to be on your desk, then being able to prioritise accordingly will help you attack it with gusto and optimise your results along the way. One of the things that can mess up your management of time is all the ad hoc things that arise during the day, all the distractions from emails coming in and people calling you up unexpectedly. Those are the things that you didn't factor into the equation. So when these things happen, a quick thing to ask yourself is, is it necessary to take action? Do I really need to add this to my workload? And if the answer is no, then you know what to do. And if the answer is yes, I do need to take action. Then the second question is to ask yourself, can it wait? Can it wait? And by the same token, if you've just won the chance to work a vacancy due to your proactivity, then it's the same question. Can this wait? Your client wants a temp by lunchtime? Jump into action. You've exclusivity for a permanent role with a decent deadline? Then it can wait. One of the biggest failings to manage time isn't about other people or other things and ad hoc issues or calls that come in. It's about you and your own willingness to hold yourself to plan, and the bargain you just made with yourself the night before when you wrote that list. So mid-morning, having just made a second unsuccessful call in a row, it's all too easy to spend 15 minutes with a colleague, talking either about that or something else, to avoid picking up the phone and cracking on. So one thing is a must. If you've started to do an hour on the phone, then see that hour out. It's all too easy to allow 10 minutes here, Five minutes there to add up. One lost hour a day procrastinating doesn't seem a lot. However, if you use the same 240 working day rule we spoke of earlier, that becomes 240 hours or a staggering six weeks in a year. Six weeks. Shocking. That's more than 15% of the year. So hey, don't be surprised if you only hit 85% of the target at best. And just before we leave that thought, if you really want to commit to succeeding in your chosen profession, then be honest with yourself. How much time do you waste per day? This might be a tough pill to swallow, but avoiding the issue is exactly why people are poor managers of time. And by the way, if you genuinely consider yourself to not need these tips, or one particular session doesn't quite float your boat, then hey. I hope you're enjoying the music and stick around. There will be things that are right for you. If you want to know more about a particular song, for example, and you want to track it down, then email me, warren at recruitmentmatters.com. Indeed, if you've got any ideas on subject matter for these podcasts, please do the same, and I'll try to include some tips and thoughts for you on a future session. Back on track, though. Pun intended. As an eye-opener every day for a month, at the end of each and every day, write down how many productive hours and minutes you've spent during your time at work. Don't beat yourself up, but don't avoid the answer. Until you see it in black and white, you, me and everyone thinks we're far more productive than we are. And if you see those results and even increase your awareness and productivity by just 20%, That could be an increase of 20% on whatever part or parts in the recruitment process you do. Now, if you work with others and everyone commits to doing this, imagine now your company results. They're shooting through the roof, and that's vital to your success. If you sit next to a chatterbox, it will still impact on your day if they keep wanting to chat with you when you're trying to crack on. So you may find that you need to try and manage someone else's time too. You don't want to fall out with a friend or a colleague. But at the end of the day, it's your career, your income and your results that will be affected when you let someone else take control of your time. Be selfish. Here's the buzzcocks. Ever fallen in love? Now, you may well have fallen in love with someone you shouldn't have, but by the same token, you have almost certainly spent too much time with the wrong client or trying to win the wrong client over. Too much time with the wrong candidate because you liked them, fancied them, or felt sorry for them, and the wrong time on a job because you loved the idea of working with that client on a better level if only you could fill that particular role. Now, if you could work the better jobs with the best candidates, for the best clients, then you'd make a huge increase in your successful results and spend the right time on the right tasks. You may well be working your butt off right now and filling your day full of actions. However, prioritizing the companies, the jobs and the candidates that you work will make a positive difference to the results that you get. So here's three exercises I want you to complete. You can either stop this podcast in between each, as I explain them, and come back when you're done, or write them down and action them later. But please do take action. Here's the first exercise. Write down 10 things that objectively make the perfect client. 10 things that when you compare one client or potential client with another, it's obvious which one is tops. Then you can instantly see which clients you should be spending your precious time with. So as a couple of starters for 10, a client who pays appropriate salaries or day rates is one who is easier to fill vacancies with. Because if they pay below rate, then you'll struggle to get people of quality. And if they pay above rate, then they probably do a lot of recruitment themselves and they don't need you. So that's one. A second one, a good client is profitable and has a documented growth plan. And so on. Listen, if you don't agree with my first two, that's not important. Come up with another two and a further eight. Come up with ten of your own. Just make them objective. If you want to put this on hold and come back, great. See you in five. And so if you did or you didn't complete it yet, let's move on to the second exercise. Write down ten things that make the perfect job. Here's two. Exclusivity. Because if you're the only one working it, it's yours to lose. When another? If you've got access to the decision maker. So, same deal. Stop now or write it down for later, but please do it. Lastly, number three 10 things that make the ideal candidate. Here's two for you. Your candidate is at the start of their job search, and their job title is in short supply. And high demand. So complete ten for each of the three headings Client, Job, and Candidate. And stop chasing lost causes. It's time to sign out now from another edition of Recruitment Matters Radio. I hope you enjoyed the ideas. As always it's been sponsored by eBosRecruitment.com and produced by Eclectic Tangent Productions. Mixed and engineered at Geek Studios. I look forward to our next session together. Next time, we're on to artists and bands beginning with C, and they may include such eclectic tangents as The Clash, Cold War Kids, Craig Finn, Crystal Castles, and more. I'll see what feels right on the day. In the meantime, and that's me signing out from session two, here's a bit of Bombay Bicycle Club you want some other thoughts and free tips until the next session visit recruitmentmatters.com and don't forget to check out ebossrecruitment.com as well see you next time